affirmatives I'll get with this, but I think if we're all honest, we've all done this. How many of you, whenever uh, you've been praying, you've kind of peeked around a little bit? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? All right, there's one honest soul right back there. Thank you, brother. There's another one. They're popping up. Or, okay, thank you. All right. All right, on the front row, you've got to kind of have to do that. Um, but, or how many times when you're going like this, you know, and you're just praying with your hands, and you kind of go just a little bit? You know what I'm talking about? Why do we do that? You know, what, what, what is it about us closing our eyes? What is it about us closing our eyes or bowing our heads when we pray? Have you ever thought about that? Why do we bow our heads or close our eyes? It really is not mentioned in Scripture. We are not mandated so much in Scripture to do that. But why do we do that? Well, yeah, well, we probably do it on a number, for a number of reasons. One is it is a form of awe and reverence and, and honor and respect to one that we are bowing to. And that is true. But I believe there's another reason, and it has to deal uh, with our second part of our War Room series um, this morning. Um, we read our focus passage last week. We'll read it again. It's in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus, again, if you want to follow, you can, uh, or you'll be on the screen. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. And when you pray, Jesus said, You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Last week, we talked about when you pray, and this morning the topic is where you pray, where you pray. This is going to be a little bit more of a practical message uh, some from week to week, that's just the, the, you know, the, the emphasis seems to change, but today is more practical in nature. Now, one might think that where you pray is no big deal. Some of you may think that. But let me, let me say something here. Since the day that God created, since the day that God created the heavens and the earth and he created all that there is, do you think there has ever been a time in the history of mankind that has been as busy that has been as distracted, that has been as preoccupied as we are in today's society? Don't think so. I do do not think that there's been a time such as this. I don't think there's ever been a time when there's been so many things to grab our attention and our time. Now, let me just put some things up on the screen, and all of them you can identify with. These are just a snapshot of some things that grab our attention in our mind today, are they not? One thing that is not up there on the screen is TV. TV is probably one of the biggest time grabbers and distractions that we have. 
We also have the Internet. We have Netflix. We have YouTube. We have movies and we have Internet. We have texting. We have emails. We have Facebook. I believe there are actually, I'm not saying it's a disease, but there are uh, chronic symptoms for people in their thumbs. I've actually heard of this. People who have to go to the doctors or people who work on you know, you know, the joints and everything because they text so much. They're now having problems with their joints and their bones. We have Instagram and Twitter and video games and so much in life to keep us busy, to keep us distracted, and to think that we can access those things and so much more with our phones and our iPads and our smart pads, devices that are totally portable, so that we can take them with us wherever we go, and we can access many of these things 24-7, 365 days of the year. On our little phone, we can access all this. Now, unless, just phones don't work, though, whenever you put them on the roof and you go 55, 50 miles down the road. But other than that, they work really well with these things. And if we were honest, we'd have to ask ourselves, how much of our days are filled with stuff like, this. Now, could be more of a generational thing. I get that. Those who, I feel like I'm kind of in between. I'm, I'm with a little bit of the older generation, but I can also identify with the younger generation. Um, but some of you in the older generation, you're not as wrapped up, perhaps, into all of these things, and that's probably a good thing. But life is busy enough with work and responsibilities with come along with raising a family and running here and running there, let alone all the other distractions. All of these things and more can make it very hard to have prayer time with God. It's uncanny how many times that I will try to pray when one of those things just kind of pops up and kind of hits me. Um, I'll be praying and then I'll get a phone call or I'll be praying and, or I'll get a text message or I'll be praying or something will happen that will, that will distract me. God will even use our animals to distract us from praying. This happened to us yesterday. Stephanie and I got up and uh, the kids were still sleeping, so we started to have devotions together. And uh, we were just getting into a good conversation. I don't know if we were into our prayer time yet. But Max, my dog, comes up and he has his rope in his mouth and he's just staring at us. How many of you have a dog like that? He'll just come up at you with this toy and he's just like, I'm ready to play. And um, we're like, seriously? Seriously? Now? Now's the time? And how can I say... Brian, this is being recorded, right? Yeah. All right. How can I say this? Those of you with dogs, you know that sometimes dogs need to run and play in order to go outside, right? Okay. And we knew that if we didn't oblige him, then we could have an interesting situation on our hands. So um, we stopped and we threw the rope with him so he could. Uh, so he could. Um, he, it, Satan will use a lot of things to try to distract us. Or maybe you can identify with Elizabeth from the movie. Do you remember that situation to where we first... She first committed herself to pray, and she went into her closet. And do you remember what she did? She started looking at her shoes that were in the closet, right? She started looking at her clothes, and, and all the distractions eventually led to her with a bag of chips and a pop and a sitting on a beanbag. 
You might be identified with that. We can do the same thing. We can easily get distracted. How many of you, when you try to just get quiet, that your mind just starts to wonder? Your mind just starts to go here and there, and you start to hear noises on the outside, or you hear that car going down the road. I wonder who that is. Or um, you start to think about your to-do list, or that thing that you almost forgot you have to now put that on your your to-do list. So many things that can get in the way, even our body positions. You may start off on your knees, and then after a while, your knees get tired, and you have to change position, and so many things can get in the way. And Satan desires any and all of these things to keep us from real communion with God. Listen, it's not only important, church, when you pray, it is important where you pray. When we pray is vitally important because we choose a time and a place where there needs to be no interruptions. Is there ever a place in our life to where there are no interruptions? You know, we can create those times. You do what you want to do. If you want to do it bad enough, you will create the times to where there are no interruptions. Listen, God desperately wants to show up during our alone times with him. But Deuteronomy 4.24 tells us this, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Yes, our God is a jealous God, and He will not share His time with us for a text. He will not share His time with us for a phone call or any kind of disruption. He will not share His time with us for anyone or anything. And I wonder how many times that God has said, Oh, the times of communion that we could have, child. Oh, the worship that you and I can have if you only separate yourself from your world long enough. Oh, the revelations that I have for you if you only get away from all of the distractions. More of a practical message. A message that we all need to hear. I want to focus on a portion of the passage that we just read. This portion that says, But when you pray... Go into your private room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Pray to your Father who is in secret. You see, God wants us to create our own private one-on-one time with Him. I'm not saying I've mastered this as well. I'm just as busy as you are. And I have to work to carve out that time to where it's private. It's vitally important that we find places, that we find times when we can shut the door to everything in our world that might get in the way with Him. I remember Dean Burrow a number of times telling me years ago when they were on the farm that one of his favorite places was to go out to the barn and just to sit out there and with the animals. and That was his private time. That was his time to get away. Where is your place? Do you have a place? There are many thoughts as to where and when one should pray. For some of you, early in the morning is the best time. Um, 
that's kind of how I grew up hearing messages such as this is you have to get up at 430 or five o'clock in the morning if you want to have any time with God. And and some of you who are not morning people, just as soon as you get into reading, you'd be you'd be asleep, right? Your head would be in the Bible. That's just the way some of you are. For others, maybe at maybe around noontime, maybe you're able to find a place and a time at work to where you can get away and you can have a secluded time with the Lord. Some others, evening is a better time. I don't know. You choose that. Be careful, though, how late you try to get with God. Because too late and you'll be falling asleep in bed. Um, for some, a quiet, secluded place is in your car. I've had a number of times to where I've had longer trips, and it's just been a wonderful time to where there's no distractions, um, uh, no one to call you or interrupt you. And, and some of you have long trips, you know, on your way back and forth to work. Use that as your quiet place and, and time to, to pray. I know many of you do that. Wherever it is, though, just make sure your environment is in a place to where there's no distractions. Is is in a place where you can listen, you can worship. It's a place to where God can get your attention and to where you can get a hold of God. As I said, today's message is more practical in nature, but I just want to look at a few things. I want to look at a few reasons why Jesus told us to shut the door. I believe that's both symbolically and I believe that's practically speaking. Number one, shutting the door shifts our focus off of others. Shutting the door shifts our focus off of others. Jesus talked about the hypocrites and that we are not to be like them, the religious leaders. Jesus made an example of them because they cared more about what others thought of them than what God of them. They wanted to be seen and heard. In the New American Standard, Matthew 23 says this. Jesus says they, speaking of the religious leaders, they tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men. For they broaden their phylacteries and laden the tassels of their garments. You know what a phylactery is? How many of you know what a phylactery is? Okay. Other than having it up on the screen, how many of you could spell that? Probably not. A phylactery. A phylactery is that right there. It is a small box that was more of a Jewish custom and tradition. It was a small box that um, the Jews would uh, put those uh, uh, leather straps around and they would tie them and they would wear them around their forehead and they would wear them around their arm. And inside those little boxes were copies of the Torah, were copies of the Scripture. And they get that from, you don't have to turn there, but they get that from Deuteronomy 6 starting with verse 4, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, 
when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Now listen to this. This is where they get this. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be on your forehead between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so what they would do is, there's pictures of today's Jews. What they would do is they would take these phylacteries and they would put them around their forehead based on that scripture. And then they would even, and you can tell there, they're training a young Jewish boy how to do that. There was even a specific way on how to tie it up around the left arm and even would go through a certain way in the middle finger, I believe, so that it would make like a, a Hebrew Y for Yeshua or for, for uh, Jehovah. They were that particular about this. Why would they do that? They would put it on their forehead as a... Uh, uh, symbolically speaking, for that passage, that they would always have the word of God on their on in their minds, and that it would go from their minds, their 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 heads, into their hearts, and on their left arm. the The thought was every time that they raised their left arm to do anything, they would just scratch this arm or to take a drink or whatever. It was crossing their heart, and that the word of God would go over their heart. Symbolically speaking, and it would remind them that it was God who brought them out of Egypt, that he was their God and they were his people. Jesus said in Matthew 23, though, they broaden the tassels on their robes. That might be an example of what some of the tassels would look like. This is interesting as well because uh, they would take the tassels, the religious leaders would take the tassels and they would ha- attach them to the four corners, the, the four areas around the, uh, uh, the robe, sim- symbolizing that it was God who created the four corners of the earth. And it too was to be a constant reminder of their God. But Jesus condemned these religious leaders because they were more concerned about how they sounded in their public prayers or how they appeared in public while all along their hearts were far from God. I once knew of a man, he wasn't Jewish, but he read this passage in Deuteronomy and he took it literally. He didn't do the phylacteries, but he had post on the front of his house, on his porch. And I went to go visit him one day, and I noticed a lot of writing on that. And I thought, what is that? And he had written Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 on the front doorpost of his home. So that every time he went in, he would be reminded of that. Kind of a neat thing, that's fine. I've never seen anybody do that. But here's the troubling thing. I later found out that Behind the scenes, this man was living in secret sin that was destroying him and it was destroying his family. You see, God is not as interested in how we look and how we sound in public. He's not as interested in how wide our borders are and our robes. He's interested in the heart. He's interested in the heart. You see, the religious leaders had it all wrong. 
What was supposed to bring attention to God was bringing attention to self. It was all an outward show, but again, God does not want us to focus on the outward or what others think, especially when it comes to prayer. Focusing on others and what they think is a trap, church. This is why Jesus told us, and this is why he's telling you, maybe some of you need a reminder, some of you are here and like, you know what, I haven't been doing this, and I need to be doing this. This is why Jesus told us to go into our private room, go into that place to where no one can get a hold of us, and shut the door. Shut the door. And when we do, there is no one for us to impress. We can simply focus on God. Shutting the door shifts the focus off of others. Number two, shutting the door shifts our focus off of self, off of self. Psalm 25, 8 through 11, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. The humble he guides in justice and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Psalm 86 tells us, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. These verses tell us that these are things that we want God to reveal to us in prayer. That if there is any sin in our life, we want God to reveal it to us. We want Him to guide us and to teach us in His way, to teach us justice. We need to fear the name of the Lord. And in order for these things to happen, our hearts must be humble. But if we're not focused, if we're focused on self while we pray, church, this is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. For it's in prayer that we discover that our minds can actually even be divided. If there's a bunch of distractions around, God cannot really break through. God's going to constantly be competing against this phone or this text or this sound or this to-do list or this background noise. God will not compete with anything or anyone. It's in prayer that we can discover that our minds can actually be divided. And it's then and only then that we can beg God to show us the way and to ride our path. What do I mean by that? You know what I'm talking about. There are times when you will sit down to pray. There's times when you go to the Lord in prayer and there just seems to be a blockage. There just seems to be something that you can't press through on. Something that might be hindering you. And it's then that you really begin to do spiritual battle and spiritual warfare. It's then that you can really dig in and say, God, what is going on? Reveal to me what is, what is taking place. God, is this something in my life? God, is this something outside of my life? God, is this something in my home and my family and my marriage? God, is it a relationship at church? Is it a relation? God, what is it? And it's in those times that God can break through. We can open up ourselves to God and the Holy Spirit and they can reveal to us what the problem is. See, folks, it's very important where you pray. It's very important. Don't underestimate the importance of that. These are huge times of growth and development and these personal times with the Lord and our walks, and they'll only come when we get into our private place and shut the door. Some of you have a closet. Hey, just like the movie, clear everything out if it's going to be a distraction. 
Some of you go into your closet. Make that your place. In private prayer, God's Holy Spirit may reveal more of who we are. He wants to reveal more of who God is in our life and how we can walk in the light of His Word. These private chat rooms God wants to create with us. We don't have to be self-conscious because it's just us and God. We are free to be God-conscious. Shutting the door shifts the focus off of self. Number three, shutting the door shifts God into His place of priority. Shutting the door shifts God into His place of priority. As a family, there are times when uh, we try to be very careful when we allow phones in the vicinity. Uh, when we're having dinner, I don't like people on the phones. This is our time. Um, maybe uh, uh, when we're having devotions, I don't want phones around. Um, when we're playing games or we're watching something as a family, I don't want phones around. I don't want that distraction. Why is that? I believe because it's taken priority. It's taken focus off what is supposed to be most Important, isn't it? What's supposed to be most important? I think it's time. My family might not like hearing this, but it's time that we probably take a fast from the TV at times. It's time that we fast our phones at times. It's times that we fast the Netflix. It's time we fast. Can I get an amen on that? I'm hearing a bunch of heads being bobbled here. (laughs) Wouldn't that be good? Maybe that's a commitment that we need to take from this message. What is, what is one thing this past week that, has, that you can control, that has really taken up a lot of your time, that has been a distraction? Can you, eliminate, can you eliminate it for a day? Try it for a day. Put your mind on the things of God. Oh, I'm meddling now, aren't I? I'm meddling. I personally do not like it whenever I'm trying to talk to someone and they have their heads in the phones or they're doing like this, like this. Hey, who knows if I've done it? I may have, but um, I, I don't like that. When someone does this, I feel like I don't matter. I don't, I don't feel like they're listening to me. I don't feel like I'm worth much to them. Look me in the eye here. Let's have this conversation here. And how do you think God feels when we do the same thing to Him? Practical message. Practical message. I'm almost done. Some of you are looking at your watch and thinking, holy cow, what's wrong with him? <laughs> Jesus set the example. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. Luke 5.16, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Another reflective verse on what Jesus did. Listen. If we're trying to talk to God while doing other things or while distracted, it communicates to God that, it's, that He's not all that important and there's no way that we're going to have quality time with the Lord. This is why it's so important, Brock, this is why it's so important, Bars Mill Church of God, that not only do we
physically enter into our private room, our private place, and shut the door. Church, emotionally and spiritually, we need to go to our private rooms with God and shut the door. Shut the door to anything or anyone that might get in the way with our time with God. Growing up, my grandfather, Papap, one of my mentors in the faith, can't tell you how many times that we would go over to Grandma's and Papap wasn't around, and we'd say, well, where's Papap at? And Grandma would always say, he's off in the back room having his devotions. But what was interesting is that no one dared go try to find Papap because that was a holy place. He was having a time that was in the Shekinah glory of God. He was having a time to where he was in the splendor and the glory. He was in the presence of God, and we did not want to interrupt that. That was a holy place. You and I can create those same experiences, church. We need to create those same experiences. Though God is everywhere, We are more aware of His presence. We are more drawn into His splendor and His glory when we seek Him in our secret place. Oswald Chambers. Um, It just left me. Some of you know Oswald Chambers. It's my utmost force highest, I believe. Uh, great, uh, Great devotional book. If you don't have that, go pick that up. Oswald Chambers said this, quote, Unless you learn to open the door of your life completely and let God in from your first waking moment of each new day, you will be working on the wrong level throughout the day. But if you will swing the door of your life fully open and pray to your Father who is in secret, every public thing in your life will be marked with the everlasting imprint of the presence of God. That's good. I have a video that I, I may have shown a while ago, but I know not everybody has seen it. But as I looked at it, I thought, you know what, it bears repeating. It's from the skit, guys. It's a funny video, but he, it kind of it closes in a, in a good way. And um, we're going to close with this this morning, and, and hopefully this will work. All right. Maybe you can identify, and I think we can all identify with this at time in our life. My prayer life is vibrant and it's active daily. I like to commune with God at nighttime. I get under those warm covers and I kiss my wife goodnight. And I just start talking to God. Just me and God. Tell Him everything. Makes me just sleepy just thinking about it. And there I am just laying in bed, laying out my request to Him. And He's hearing me. And I know that I'm in good company with Him. Where was I? The efficiency of one's prayers are directly congruent to the position of one's body. Therefore, the legs should be saying, God, help me. (laughs) Amen. 
There are times that me and God do not talk, and that is not God's fault, that is mine, I just get so busy. And so when I do end up talking to God, I really just try to impress him, give him a show, just to show him how much I love him. So excuse me, will you, as I pray to God. Oh, Heavenly Father, oh, Heavenly Father, beseech me not unto thee, how now? Brown cow, oh, thy soul is so dry, and if I can just catch a morsel of who you are, so verily, merrily, down the stream. God, I just want to be used by you, God. I want, I want to be salt and light and light and salt and sight and love and... Peppers and oregano and pepperoni and black olives and those little bit. When I like to get my prayer on, uh, there's some things I keep in mind. Um, I think it's totally awesome that uh, God is like Santa Claus and he wants to give you the things that you want. Therefore, you need to keep lists of things. My list currently has 745 prayer requests on them. So then when I go to the Lord in prayer, it looks a little something like this. I'll just pray real quick. Um, let's see. The uno thing on my list is my mom. And so I'll pray for her now. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up this sweet salt of the earth lady that you have blessed me with to be my mother. And I tell you thank you. And although I know that I'm called to respect her and I give her all due respect, there's also an issue of something she truly needs. And that is to stop a yapping. Lord, she yaps. And she doesn't know how to stop yapping. So could you please make her mute just for a day? Nothing permanent. Don't hurt her. I love her. Just mute her. Take your big God remote and push mute on her channel. That would be great. Henceforth, I would go on and pray all 746 things. God, you are greater than anything this world has to offer. And I can't wait for you to come back and get us. But until that time comes, would you help me just to, just to live my life day after day as if I'm just walking hand in hand with you? God, I, I have a lot of needs. And I have a lot of wants. And sometimes I get those things confused. Help me to just trust you to meet my needs. And be thankful when you give me those other things that I just want. God, I have blown it so many times today, and I'm sorry. Thank you for your forgiveness. I don't take it for granted. And God, as I start this day out, I, I'm just reminded that this world is filled with so many spiritual potholes. Please help me to walk in such a way where I won't stumble so much. And as I'm going through this day, God... Help me to live my life in such a way that would bring you glory and honor. May the life that I live be a life of worship to you. Amen. Would you pray with me? Mandy, you can come up. I know I kind of made light of it earlier, but you can bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm just going to challenge you Let's challenge all of us this week to find our private room. And if you don't have one, make one. 
make one. I really believe God wants to do some amazing things if we'll only create those times to where He has all of us, to where there are no distractions. And some of you, and and I know there are mothers, and you have young kids at home, and there's different ways to go about your day. And maybe you just have different pockets of the day that you're alone with God. And it might be a minute here, a minute there, but would you commit this morning to having that alone time with God? Shutting the door. Shutting the door. Father God, thank you. Hmm. Lord, I think we all at times have probably been guilty of kind of what we just saw. But Lord, we understand this is serious business. You're wanting to do not just amazing things in our individual lives, but in our families and our homes. God, you want to do amazing things in our church. But God, may we not stop there. Because you said, go ye therefore into all the world. Lord, you want to do amazing things outside of this church through us. Lord, there are those with needs, physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever the need might be, God. But Lord, may we take our time with you serious and pledge and commit today that we're going to renew our efforts to create those times that are near and dear to you. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.